Hi, I'm Erin Hartz. Welcome to Grace Plus Boundaries, a weekly memoir in a podcast. I've realized through the past decade of my recovery that I learn the most about emotional maturity through listening to the triumphant stories of others. Are you yearning to unpack the effects of intergenerational trauma in your life? Do you want to stay true to your feelings, yet also learn how to accommodate the sensibilities of your loved ones? I'm dedicated to cracking the code of combining boundary setting with grace towards one another. Educate, evaluate, and evolve. Let's do this together. Hello, hello. Happy Sunday. This is Erin Hartz, and today I'm going to be talking about the fallout of a compliant childhood. But before I do that, I wanted to start out and talk about, today I got to be on a podcast. It's called Mastering the Podcaster Mindset, and the woman and man who taught me how to podcast, I took an online course from them. That's their podcast, and I got to be a guest for the first time on there. So that was so much fun, and I'm going to include that in the show notes after it comes out on the 17th. So look for that on Instagram or um, later on in this episode, I'll put it in the show notes. So it, it turned out really well. I think that I think that you guys will enjoy it. It talks about like how I became a podcaster and um, how it's really changed my life in a in a nice way and how I keep with my goals and all that kind of stuff. So it was really fun and they're really nice people. Um, it was fun to talk to them. So, okay, so one of the things that I've been dealing with this weekend, uh, the last couple of weeks, I guess, is really the fallout of have me having been a compliant child. So um, I grew up with parents that I know they thought that they were raising a good kid. You know, they wanted me to follow the rules, and I was really good at following the rules. I was really good at staying quiet. I always got, you know, excellent in behavior and all my report cards because I was one of those students that would listen to the teacher and do all my work and turn it in and, you know, do everything that I was supposed to do all the time. So some of that is really good. But back in the 80s or whenever, um, you know, people didn't probably know that that somehow was not okay to treat children like they were less than adults and I was treated um, with the best intentions, but as if, um, you know, I shouldn't have a voice and that I didn't have a voice because I was just supposed to do what my parents said all the time. And if not, then there would be anger and yelling and shaming. And um, I saw that happen to my sister a lot because she wouldn't be quiet. Bless her. You know, I'm glad that she was like that, but I saw her act out and what happened when she did and I did not want to be treated that way by my parents so I was compliant all the time to to get their love you know um it was conditional and I wanted their love and so I was always that dutiful person little girl who followed them around and I truly thought that they were they knew everything I really did. I thought that they knew it all, and I thought I truly thought I agreed with everything they said, really, until maybe the end of high school was when I started finally realizing I had some separate opinions than them on, well, the issue of sexuality, definitely. Um, let's see. 
So, you know, we raise our children now, and I can even see that, of course, we want our kids to behave. We want them to learn the rules of society, and we don't want them going to the grocery store and running around and causing a scene and all that kind of stuff because it causes problems and things break and they run into people and it's rude and all that kind of stuff. So a little bit of compliance is a really good thing. But I know today that I do not want to raise a child that is not able to say no. I just have to teach my child how to say no respectfully and appropriately and the right ways to disagree with people without being snooty or or rude, that kind of thing. So whenever my son disagrees, because I've gone through so much therapy on my own compliance, um, there's a little part of me that's like, good, he's not fearful too much of me. He's willing to actually have an opinion and state what he wants. So, you know, I still need to teach him how to disagree respectfully, sometimes, but um, I'm glad when I see that fighting behavior there because I seriously did not have that as a child. I literally do not remember one time. I really don't think I ever stood up to my parents. Um, Like I said, I really truly did think they were right about everything like until, until senior year of high school. It was the first time that I disagreed with them, and I, but I disagreed privately in my own little world. Um, and I was angry at them for having their opinions and not listening to mine, but I certainly did not know how to deal with those emotions or voice my opinion. But so what is the problem with that? So what, let's say we raise kids and gosh, they're so compliant and then they look like such great kids. You know, I, I graduated with honors and I was on all these teams and winning awards and, you know, getting good grades. It's like, what is the problem with that? Well, there's no problem with that, but if you're raising or conditioning a child to be as compliant as my parents had me or other gener I mean this was the generation before now I don't even think it's completely you know it's not just my parents it's like their parents were even more like that like listen to me and um I mean hitting and spanking yeah not hitting quote-unquote spanking as if that word's really different but it's hitting your child um you know, to make them compliant back then. So at least I wasn't getting that, but just that verbal browbeating, that kind of thing, um, that was the thing that kept me compliant. So what is the problem with that? So if it's to the extent that I um, had it as a child, it really took all of myself out of me. Like it really stopped me from ever being who I was. And the other side of it is that I was like a sponge to other people's blame. So this really didn't come out in my life until after I got divorced. Eight years into my marriage, I realized that my ex-husband was emotionally abusive and verbally abusive, subtly verbally abusive. And, um, you know, we really tried to work on our marriage. I really had hoped that he could change. I was optimistic about it in the in the beginning. I thought that maybe we could go to counseling and he'd change. And then, you know, after about six months and three different therapists that didn't have us move forward at all, like really just made things worse, um, I realized that that wasn't going to happen. And so I got out of that marriage and I still didn't realize that I had problems with 
compliance and that it stopped me from having an authentic self. And it really wasn't until I tried to date again that those things started showing. I didn't really know I had any kind of issues at all. Um, I was really good at hiding them. Even though I was anorexic when I was 13, I never talked about it with my family. I got praised for being thin, for losing my baby fat. Um, Even though I was in abusive-ish relationships in high school, I just got shamed more for that by my parents um, because they were scared that, you know, I was going to get pregnant or something, which is, and I would tell them I'm not having sex and they didn't believe me. And it's just, it's sad because it's like I was so compliant that I was scared of having sex. They did, they did instill that fear in me appropriately or, you know, it was enough that I was compliant, but even that wasn't enough for them. You know, like they still were scared and I was in some not good relationships then. Um, But since I was still living with my parents, it didn't really show itself. So I eventually, you know, got married and all that seemed like it had gone away, like everything was solved now that I'm married, right? But I really lost myself more and more and more in my marriage because my parents at least did like the parts of me, like my musical part of me, and they liked that I liked to read. We're a reading family, so, you know, they loved those parts of me because it was like them. But when I was married, my ex-husband really would shame me about reading, that it was a waste of time. And it just sounds ridiculous to me now, but I believed things he said then. Like, I didn't, I, it's not like I chose to stop reading because of him, but seeing his dissatisfaction at my choice of my use of time was challenging to be in a relationship with someone that was unhappy with me sitting and reading a book and he was acting like I should be doing something around the house instead of sitting and reading you know um and he also is a musician and so is so am I but I would play and I just would get kind of a negative feeling whenever I tried to play music and be part of that it's like I was diving into his realm and he wanted me out of it you know he wanted to be the star or I don't even know something like that but it was just like anytime I really tried to express myself in that relationship he pushed me down you know in very subtle ways that I can look back now and see but at the time I just knew I felt really sad and depressed and I didn't really know why I really didn't know that it was because of him I really just took it on myself. I was a sponge. I was absorbing all that negative energy, and I was expecting that it was because of me, right? So this is coming up again in my life now. And um, so I said after um, I left my marriage, I really kind of thought at that point that it was kind of about my ex-husband not wanting to change. But then the question kind of turned around like, why was I attracted to someone that was so emotionally unavailable, so emotionally abusive? And the answer to that is because I am very codependent. And one of those traits of codependency is the compliance piece. So as I've been in a couple short relationships in the last six years um, that have not gone well, I finally am now really looking at that, um, that compliant part of me, and how do I change that part? 
How do I get in? Because I can do it with friends. I even have done it with my family now. I can be myself. I can say no. But when it comes to sex and when it comes to like a love relationship, that's when all bets are kind of off. And I'm back in that situation of, I think my, my as my therapist would say, is kind of like my younger parts. I do internal family systems therapy with that therapist along with EMDR. And um, so that part of me that comes up when I'm in a love relationship is a very young part is what she told me this last weekend. And I've heard her say that before about other things. But I was telling her that I'm in a new relationship that's going pretty well. It's still in the beginning. Um, But I'm really fearful of being in a vulnerable position with my new partner and the topic of sex gets me really scared because I am scared to be that vulnerable with someone since the last time I did that it did not turn out well and it was kind of it added on to my trauma and so we we took a look at that this weekend when I had therapy and I wanted to share that with you guys because there was one point of it that I thought was so insightful, and I already kind of touched on it, but I'll, I'll share it again um, in a different way. Um, so we went back of like, why am I fearing, feeling fearful? And it really came to this one incident that happened where my um, partner in the past, he, he basically did something without consent from me that was something that, you know, I would have never even thought of. It was kind of out there. It was weird. And... Um, I didn't say anything about it, and I even had a chance to say something about it, but I just let it go because I think at that time I didn't want to end the relationship, Um, even though the sex was not good. um, There were a lot of parts of the relationship that I really enjoyed, and um, I wasn't ready to let that go, so I didn't say anything. But the other deeper thing that I got from going back to do some processing on that situation was that... Why didn't I say anything? Okay, so I'm there in the situation after it happened. I'm feeling angry that I was taken advantage of in that way without being asked if I was okay with this thing. And um, I didn't say anything because I took the blame for it in my head. I was saying things to myself like, I should have known that this guy would do something inappropriate because he's an untrustworthy person. And I chose to be in a relationship with an untrustworthy person. So this is my fault that he did something inappropriate. So that's how my mind worked back then. And that is such a repetition of the feeling I got from my family that I was responsible for their actions. When now I know that I am not responsible for another person's actions, and I'm not saying that I can't learn from this situation and choose to do something differently in the next time, I do have a responsibility there to learn from it. But it was not my choice and not my fault that this thing happened to me. There's, I, wouldn't, I didn't even know this thing existed. Like it would not have come up in my brain to do this thing that he tried. And 
So it's like, how would that be my fault if it's not even something I've ever even thought of before? But yet there I was taking responsibility for it. And then that was the shame. Like, this is me. This is because of me that that this happened. And so therefore I wasn't able to voice that because I was in such a shame spiral of in within myself that I just stayed quiet. And, you know, we dated for a couple weeks after that, I think. And I guess I told myself it would get better. And believe me, it did not, right? Like, of course it didn't. Um, so thinking about that situation, you know, it was a year and a half ago and thank goodness I've been in therapy and all those kinds of things and I've changed a lot and I know now that I can trust myself to make better decisions of partners, to take my time when I'm in relationships and make sure someone's really trustworthy before I'm putting myself in a vulnerable situation with that person and, and allowing myself to see red flags and to notice them and honor them and say no when I see them now. That's hard for me to do. So that's my story this week. I know that it's possible to change. It's really sad when these types of patterns repeat because if I'm not working on myself now, it's just like this exact template is going to impose itself onto my son and he's going to grow up to be exactly the same or be the narcissistic type. You know, it's like we go to one or the other if those patterns don't change. So my job now is to take care of myself, to try and change, to grow and learn, and to make sure my son is not growing up compliant in that same way and that he has a voice Um, because I don't want this cycle to repeat for him. It's just going to perpetuate that codependent plus an alcoholic, codependent plus a narcissist, codependent plus whatever abusive person you want to put in that other side of the equation. Um, And thank goodness now there are a lot more therapists, a lot more people in general who understand these situations, and we can start making a difference and starting to view children as as true people and not as little minions that are supposed to do what we say. So I hope you got something out of me sharing that story that was pretty vulnerable and um, I would love to hear from you. Let me know if you've been through a similar situation. When have you been compliant and how have you gotten yourself out of it? How have you learned and changed and learned how to be authentically yourself in a real relationship, in a, in a romantic relationship? Well, take care of yourself. All right. Bye-bye, survivors. You deserve a big high five and a smile in the mirror for showing up for yourself today. Thank you for your dedication to introspection and self-awareness because our personal evolution is what will make this world a better place. If you enjoyed the episode, please give me a five-star review and share it with a friend. And let me know if you want to be a guest to share how you are navigating intergenerational trauma in your life. You're welcome to join my free monthly goal-setting workshop on the first Wednesday of every month. Just DM me at iHeartsAaron.